Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? All right, let's do it. We, we have uh, the series that we're in, Thy Kingdom Come. And uh, it's been a powerful series. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I've certainly enjoyed sharing it with you. And today is no different. In fact, I'm, I'm going to start today by saying something in this service that I, 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 I don't always say the same thing at each service in, in the three morning services that we have. Sometimes they vary. You know, the, the content is mostly the same, but things vary a little bit just according to, to what the Holy Spirit gives me at the time. And, and I, I shared this last week. I don't remember which service it was at that I shared this with. So maybe it was with you, but... Um, but it's, good, it's a good thing for us to start again uh, with today as, as we kind of just give, give a little insight as to, to where we're headed today and the reason why um, is that if you ever have a prayer request in your life, you know, you have something going on and you want somebody to pray with you, you know, odds are you're not going to go to a Christian weakling to pray for you. You're going to go to somebody who knows how to operate in faith, how to pray a prayer of faith. How many already know what I'm talking about? Like you want that person to be a person of authority in the Lord. And what I found out is that most people, most people actually, um, they, they do not deny that, that there are people who operate in a level of faith or in a level of authority in the Lord. They, they, they don't deny that that happens. And there, there are certainly people out there that do that, that just, you know, can, can pray and really, well, I'm going to have so-and-so pray because they really know how to touch the heart of God. Well, well, the truth of the matter is that the Bible says that, that God shows no favoritism. He's not a respecter of persons. And so the same faith and same authority that other people carry, you have the ability, the ability as a child of God to walk in that same level of authority. You have the, the ability to walk in that same level of faith, that, that, that you are saved by grace through faith. And, and so the difference, let me say it this way, that there are no differences, is, there, there's no differences in our level of salvation. So, somebody cannot be saved more than somebody else. Like you're either saved or you're not. So, so meaning, and, and if God confers the, his kingdom on his children, if as children of God, we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ Jesus, and, and Jesus actually gave us as children of God, he gave us the keys to the kingdom, then that means just, just like there's no level in, in, in like some, some people are, are, you know, not saved and then maybe partially saved and almost saved and then finally saved, but then there's some that are really saved. Like that doesn't exist, right? You're either saved or you're not. So you have either had the kingdom of God conferred on you, you've either been handed the keys to the kingdom or not. You see what I'm saying? So God is not a respecter of persons. So what's the difference there? If there's no different levels of salvation, you're either saved or you're not saved. You're either a child of God or you're not a child of God. So the difference isn't our position in Christ as children of God. The difference is our faith in Christ as children of God. Are, are you with me now? And so when you go to people to pray for you, you want to go to a person of faith. You, well, have you ever thought to yourself like, well, why aren't I that person of faith? 
Why can't I have? So, oh, I know this person. They have so much faith, and they're, they really go to God. Well, why can't you go to God? Why can't you have that level of faith that they have? And I'm going to teach you why a lot of people have this, this struggle in their life and then how to overcome that, that struggle. Because the goal here today is that every single one of us, you not only understand that you have access to the kingdom of God, but you actually can function in the kingdom of God. And God is not a respecter of persons. That the same authority that I carry as, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, you also can carry that same authority and that same faith as a follower of Christ. That, 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 we're, that some people aren't saved more than others. That we're all children of God. And it's the same kingdom that he confers on all of us. It's the same keys that he gives all of us. And so that being said, let, let's start again just for the next minute or so. I'm going to refresh your memory as to where we've been the last few weeks. Matthew 6 is, where, is the verse that we've been focusing on for this series. And, and this is Jesus speaking. And he says, this then is how you should pray. Now let's all pray this together. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is teaching his followers. He's teaching you and I, this is how you should pray. You should pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Well, the, king, the word kingdom primarily means power, authority, and dominion. So, so if, as you read about the kingdom of God in scripture, it's not talking about a place, it's talking about a power. So he's talking about the, the power, the authority, and the dominion that we have in Christ. Of course, power is the ability to accomplish. Authority is the delegated right to use that power. And dominion is the successful use of that power and authority. So it's not the same three words. They are different words, power, authority, and dominion. And Luke 17, 21 says, and again, this is Jesus. He says, for the kingdom of God, for indeed, the kingdom of God... It's actually within you. It's, it's been given to you. And he says in Matthew 16, 19, he says, I will give you as followers, as children of God, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Okay, so the keys of the kingdom, write this down. The keys of the kingdom allow us to access and function in God's power, authority, and dominion. And all of you, as children of God, for all of those in this room or watching online, you are a child of God. You've truly surrendered your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. You've repented of your sins, and you've surrendered your life to Jesus, trusting in him and him alone for salvation. Jesus makes it very clear that the keys of the kingdom have been given to you, that you have access to and can function in the power and the authority and the dominion of God. And this is pretty powerful stuff. Okay, so, so that's the little, a little snippet, a little foundation of, of what we've been talking about. And now I'm going to help you to actually function in it. So I've taught you that you've had access to it. Now today I'm going to teach you how to function in it. And the first thing I need you to know is that the kingdom of God... The power, the authority, the dominion of God is not only to be, to be received, it's actually to be pursued. It's to be pursued. That is something to seek after. It's something to desire. And you say, well, pastor, I, I thought I already have that. Well, you do. You've been given the keys of the kingdom. You have access to it 
But the next level of that is that you are meant to function in it. You're meant to operate your life according to the kingdom of God, the power, the authority, and the dominion. And some people, they have greater faith. They're not saved more. That's impossible. You're either saved or you're not. They just have greater faith or they have greater understanding in how to operate in the power and the authority and the dominion that we have through Christ Jesus. Okay, so, this, so the kingdom of God is not something that we just receive. It's actually something that we pursue. And we, we again see that through the very words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. He says, so don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For pagans, so for those who don't know God, that, that are not in a relationship with God, pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Like God knows everything that you need. He says, but seek first, but seek first, seek first. I want you to pursue first the kingdom, the power, the authority, and the dominion of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Like I will take care of your every need. If you seek power and authority and dominion, if you pursue if you pursue God like never before and pursue him first, you'll find out that you don't have to worry about all of these other things. And I'm going to show you how and why in, in just a few moments. So hang, so hang in there. So the kingdom of God is not just meant to be received, but it's actually meant to be pursued. Now, it's so interesting to me that just one chapter later, we read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Again, Jesus is speaking here, and it's a very famous portion of Scripture. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Verse 8. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So we have something so incredible here that, that Jesus is teaching his followers. Hey, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God. I want you to seek the power, the authority, and the dominion that you have in Christ Jesus. I want you to pursue that. And by the way, if you pursue it, if you seek it, you will find it. You will find it. Now, I don't know about you, but that to me, that verse sounds like a promise. It sounds like a promise. That if you seek the kingdom of God, you're going to discover the kingdom of God. If you seek power and authority and dominion, you're going to discover power and authority and dominion. That you're going to be able to function in it, operate in it the way that you're meant to in Christ Jesus. But it has to be pursued. It has to be something that you decide in your heart. Watch this. I'm going to be a person of faith. I'm not just, I'm not just going to be a Christian weakling. I am going to grow in my faith. I'm going to seek the Lord first and foremost. I'm going to go after God like I never have before. And as I grow in faith, I'll also grow in power and authority and dominion. And I'll start seeing the miraculous in my life. And all of a sudden, instead of, instead of me going to others for prayer, people will start coming to me because I operate in the kingdom of God. I function in the kingdom of God. Come on, everybody. Are you with me? So, so I don't know about you, but I don't want to be such a Christian weakling that I have to go to everybody else 
to pray for me. I want to know God well enough that I can pray all by myself, and I know that the Lord is going to hear me, and he's going to answer me, and he's going to fulfill those requests that I'm making and those declarations that I'm speaking. Boy, I'm having so much fun today. I can't even sit down. I can't even sit down. So this is so, this is so powerful, everybody, that all of a sudden the disciples are, are awakening the, to this truth. Because remember, Jesus sent out these 72 disciples and he gave them authority. He, he said, listen, this same power that I have, this authority, the dominion that I have, it's now in you. I've conferred this kingdom in you. You have it now. I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Well, watch this in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. It says, when the 72 disciples, after they were sent out, they returned to Jesus and they joyfully, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Now, let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. They come back to Jesus and they are in shock. It is a shock and awe moment. You're not going to believe this. We had certain expectations that you were going to show up, like like your power and authority and dominion, that we were going to see the miraculous. But we had no idea that even the demons surrendered to us. They submitted to us. They obeyed us. They were in shock. And Jesus, never missing out on an opportunity to speak truth, he says something so powerful to them. Watch what he says. He said, you know what, guys? Don't you know I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning? I was there. I saw it happen. I saw him rise up against our heavenly father in pride. And I saw that battle that took place that actually wasn't a battle at all. He got kicked out of there so fast. It was like God just took his little finger. You're out. You're gone. You're just out. Like Jesus saying, no, I saw that. And watch what he says next. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Like I've given you authority. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Now what, what, what's, what's happening here? What's what's happening? So these disciples come back and they're in awe. Even demons obeyed. Oh. Like they, they were going to go take out a bear with a switch. You know what I'm talking about? They were, they, they were in a mood like, oh, I'm going to conquer the world. And Jesus said, whoa, I see something now in your life that I need to adjust. Because I gave you all authority, and you should rejoice that actually you're in a right relationship with God, that your name is written in heaven. You've been accepted by your... Let me say it this way, everybody. This is an area, when you start operating in the power and the authority and the dominion that we have through Christ Jesus, that I have seen this time and time and time again, that a lot of people become so prideful so arrogant, it's as if they're the ones that have the power instead of Christ having the power in them. 
And all of a sudden they start saying, well, I believe and I just, you know, I just declare and I speak. And, and all of a sudden they, they say, well, I'm not going to that church because that church, they don't know what I know. They don't operate in faith like I think that they should operate. And they start looking down at other believers who, who haven't, un, they don't understand the, the revelation. The, they don't have the understanding of the kingdom of God yet. They're not as mature in the faith. And instead of helping them and encouraging them and teaching them, they actually look down their nose at them and say, well, I can't even hang out with you anymore. You're not my people. And it's dangerous, everybody. It's dangerous. Never. So when I teach you about who you are in Christ, don't become high-minded. Don't become prideful. Don't look down your nose at other people because you have something they don't have. No, don't do that. Jesus said what we should be rejoicing in is this. That that power of the Lord is in you because of the grace of God. You didn't achieve it. You received it. It was a gift from your father. So instead of rejoicing in you, you need to rejoice in him. And instead of praying, Lord, let my kingdom come, you're praying, Lord, let your kingdom come. Because people become high-minded. And, and I'm telling you, I've had, I've had people come up to me and say, well, well pastor, you know what? I, I'm this type of person. I can do this and I can say this. And you know what? New song just isn't for me anymore. I'm going to another church. And I'm like, well, go get you some of that. <laughs> because I know something that they haven't figured out yet. The pride actually comes before fall. And that there is no room for pride in our life. And to tell you the truth, that that person who thinks that they're better than every other Christian, can I tell you something about that person? They have some maturing to do in Christ Jesus. They think they're there, and they don't understand. They ain't there. In fact, write this down, that the centerpiece in kingdom life should always be humility. That's what Jesus is teaching them. Hey, I gave... I gave you this authority. I'm so glad you're operating in it. But make no mistake, it is a gift. And it's not of your doing. It's of Christ in you. It's, it's your heavenly Father that gave you this. So stay humble, New Song. Stay humble. The centerpiece of kingdom living has got to be humility. It has to be. Now, I had to say that because I'm going to teach you how to function in the kingdom of God. But I don't want you to think that it's all because of you. You can't think that way. What you're doing is when you operate in kingdom life, you are operating in the power and the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. So at the end of the day, you're, you agree with the psalmist and, and say it with all of your heart, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be glory forever and ever and ever. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. So I know people who have, have, have really struggled with operating in, in power and authority and dominion. And I'm going to teach you the three things that hinder people from kingdom life, from kingdom living. The, the first one is guilt. The second one is a lack of knowledge. And the third one is a lack of faith. And I'm going to break this down to you. 
a lot of people don't feel that they can operate in faith, that they can function in the kingdom because, because of their past or even their present. Because they, they are living a life of guilt. And I want to tell you something about that. That guilt, guilt is from the enemy. Guilt is from the enemy. You are not meant to live a life of guilt. In fact, in, in Romans, we read that there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the spirit of, of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. We are no longer bound by, we're not, no longer bound by condemnation and guilt. That is the devil's doing. That's not God's doing. And if you say, well, well, pastor, you know, I just, I, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. And you don't know the rebellion in my life. And, you know, you can operate in the, in, in the kingdom of God. You can function in the kingdom of God, but you haven't done what I've done. And I would tell you, you haven't done what I've done. Like, like that, that see, see, you're thinking that I'm more saved than you are. And that's guilt, everybody. Well, you're more saved because you deserve to be saved more than I deserve to be saved. None of us deserve to be saved. None of us do. It's by grace that we have been saved. Therefore, we are all children of God, and we have the same access to our Heavenly Father. He's not a respecter of persons. So that, so that being said, every time the devil reminds you of, of, of what you've done in the past, you need to have some scriptures in mind to say, no, I have been made new. My old is gone and the new has come. Like, I am not who I was. I have been bought at a price. I've been redeemed by the Son of God. I, he paid a price for me so that I don't have to live in guilt anymore. I don't have to live in condemnation. But if you don't know your Bible, you're not going to be able to say those things. In fact, that leads me to the second thing. A lot of people are hindered in the, in the kingdom of, of God. They're... They're hindered in kingdom life because of a lack of knowledge. They just don't know what the word of God says. They don't know the promises of God. They, 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 don't, they don't know verses and promises that they could go to and apply to their situation. So they don't know if God is going to answer. They don't know if God is going to supply. They don't know if God is going to heal because they have a lack of knowledge. And then we go to another area where people just have a lack of faith. Well, I know the Bible, I know the Bible, and I think it applies to all of you, I just don't think it applies to me. Like, I don't have a problem praying for somebody else, but I do have a problem praying for me. I think God's going to heal you, I just don't know that he's going to heal me. I think God's going to provide for you, I just don't know that he's going to provide for me. So a lot of times we have, we have faith, we have some level of faith, we know God is good, we know he does the miraculous, we just tend to think that he does it for other people instead of doing it for us. And again, a lot of that is, well, because they probably deserve it when I don't. Maybe it's guilt, condemnation in your life. Maybe you don't understand who you are in Christ. Maybe you don't understand the level of love that God has for you. Some people, you know, like, I know God loves the world a lot. And I just think he loves me a little. No, God is love. And he loves everybody equally. You can think, you think of the most precious saint in the world. And I'm telling you, God loves you as much as he loves them. 
God loves you as much as he loves Mother Teresa. Let me say it, let me say it even better. God loves you as much as he loves his own son. He loves you that much. And he wants you, he's longing for you to live the kingdom life, to live a life of faith. So I'm going to help you this morning with three truths that help us thrive in the kingdom of God or in kingdom living that, that, that will help you function in power, authority, and dominion. Three truths that you need to know. The first one is this, study activates revelation. So if you say, okay, pastor, I, I want this. I, I want to operate. I want to operate. I want to function in, in, in power and authority and dominion. I, I want to be a person of faith. I want to believe for the impossible. I want to speak life. I, I want to see the miraculous. You need to know that study activates revelation. What, what I mean by that is, how do you know to proclaim the promises of God? How do you know what, how do you know what to proclaim if you don't if you don't know the promises that you can proclaim. You have to study it, everybody. I teach you this all the time. Every single day, you should be diving into the word of God. The Bible says that we meditate on God's word, and in doing so, this is Justin's paraphrase, but it's it's in Psalms. When you meditate on the word of God, that God actually makes you prosperous and successful. Did you know that? And, And here's something, here's a real kicker. That that word meditate in the Old Testament is the same exact word that they use for when a cow chews its cud. Did you know that? So when he's saying meditate on the word of God, he's saying he wants you to to chew on it and then swallow it and then regurgitate it and chew on it some more and swallow it and keep doing that until it becomes a part of your system. Where all of a sudden you just, you can be that person that says, I just know what I know. Because you have studied to the point of revelation that God has revealed truths to you that all of a sudden those truths don't just apply to somebody else. Those truths apply to me because I'm a child of God. Okay, so you got to study the word of God and the word of God will come alive to you. It'll be revealed to you. How do I know? The Bible says that the Spirit of God guides us into all truth. He reveals truth to us. So as you study it and chew on it and meditate on it, and you think, oh, I've got this now. Well, I'll tell you, God has the ability to bring that back up where you've got to chew on it some more. Because your faith will become a little wobbly, and, and God will say, hey, what about that? The Holy Spirit will say, hey, but what about that verse? Oh, yeah, I better chew on that some more. I thought I had it digested, but my faith is wobbly, and I need to chew on it a little bit more. And all of a sudden, you'll chew on it so much, it'll just become a part of you. Because study activates revelation. What's what, what's, what, what's what happens next? Revelation activates faith. Revelation activates faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. So when, when and now a revelation is when you have this, when you have this aha moment. Oh, oh that's good. Have you ever been studying the, the Bible and all of a sudden you have this aha moment? And what happens is that that is, 
that revelation that you have received, that revelation actually activates, it activates your faith. That you're like, oh, I can, I can pray something that I've never prayed before. I can, I can declare something that I've never declared before. Why? Because the Spirit of God revealed it to you. Let, let me, can I tell you something about the Word of God? This is so fascinating to me. This, this Word is filled with, filled with truths, nothing but truth. And in effect, there's no new revelation. His Word is eternal. God, God knows His Word inside and out. So God doesn't have aha moments. God doesn't say, oh, I didn't, I didn't remember that I wrote that. I didn't know. He never has that moment. Who has that moment? It's us. It's us. When the Spirit of God reveals truth to us, truth that God has always known because he is truth, it comes alive in us, and all of a sudden that means I'm about to activate something. You're about to activate some faith. And by the way, write this down. Faith activates the kingdom. Faith activates the kingdom. Okay, so I'm teaching you now how to function in the I'm teaching you how to function in the kingdom of God, in the power and the authority and the dominion that we have through Christ Jesus. I'm teaching you that. So you need to study because study activates revelation. It, it activates the aha moments. Revelation activates faith that all of a sudden, aha, it doesn't just apply to somebody else, it applies to me. It doesn't just apply to their situation. It applies to my situation. It doesn't just apply to their finances or their healing. It applies to my finances and my healing. And then when faith is activated, the kingdom will be seen. The power, the authority, the dominion of our God will be seen. I'm going I'm to show you something else that, that is so powerful here, everybody. First of all, the, the, level, the level of your faith determines the level of your miracle. Did you know that? I'm going to say that again. The level of your faith determines the level of your miracle. If you don't have much faith, you're not going to see, some, you're not going to see these great miracles. And again, you know that you want to be a person of faith. You know that you want to be a person that... You don't want to be that Christian weakling that has to go to everybody else to pray for you. You naturally, as a child of God, you want to be a person with so much faith, faith that you know when I pray, God answers. Like you want to be the person that people come to you and say, hey, I, I want you to pray for me because you, you operate in faith. So we all, we all admit that no matter how young you are in Christ or how old you are in Christ, that all of us want to increase our faith. We all want to have an increase of faith. I want to believe for things that I've never been able to believe for in the past. I, I, just, I, I long to be a man of faith, and I long to be a man of growing faith. And this is what the Bible says. Now, I'm helping you. I'm, I'm teaching you how to function in it now. 2 Corinthians 4.13 is a verse I share two or three times a year, and I'm going to share it today. I'm going to keep sharing it until it gets so deep within you that you just live this out every single day of your life. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore 
speak. So faith, watch this, everybody. Faith not only activates the kingdom of God, faith actually activates your mouth to speak things that you've never spoken before. Faith activates your mouth that we start making declarations according to the word of God and in humility, we're not prideful, we're not arrogant. We just know the word of God, we study it, we have this revelation, these aha moments in which our faith is activated and our faith activates the kingdom and it, all, and it also activates our mouth to start speaking things that we've never spoken before. So I was just listening, I, I, I cannot tell you yet, at some point I will, some very recent thing that happened in my life. In, in a few years, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is when the time is right. But I had this moment, I was listening to, to somebody teach, and I had this revelation. <laughs> and this re revelation turned into faith, and I had this thought, I need to speak something. And it was something I've never spoken before. It was something I've... But, but I, I sat there and I was questioning it. I was going back and forth. Really? Really? Really, God? Really? Is this you? And then I thought, well, the devil's not going to tell me to speak that. How many know the devil, the devil doesn't teach you to live by faith? He teaches you to live by doubt. And again, I'll tell you the whole story later. But I spoke something I've never spoken before. And immediately... God showed up in power. I mean, boom, to the point that I started, I was so amazed at God that I could only begin to, to laugh with a very joyful laugh. Oh, God. Oh, God, you're amazing. You're amazing. And if I told you what it was, some of you would just be blown away. You're like, that guy's nuts. Can I, can I tell you, it was a God moment where God was teaching me, Justin, you have more power and authority and dominion than you, than you understand. And even though you operate in it, you're not there yet. And, and I, I pray, Lord, increase my faith. So just help me believe more and more and more. How many want your pastor to be a person of authority, right? You want that, right? How, how many pastors want their church to be a church of authority? All of the pastors say amen, and it's all of us everywhere in the world. If they're a really Bible-believing pastor, that I promise you they want their flocks to operate in power and, and authority and dominion. We want you to operate in the kingdom of God. And so you need to believe for the miraculous, and you need to speak the miraculous. You need to speak it. So what we're going to do today is we're going to make a declaration before we go today. And because I've done this in the past, we've had things on the screens before. Every, every time that that happens, I always get texts and emails and phone calls. Hey, pastor, can I have that in writing? Can I have, I want to put that on my refrigerator. I want to put that so, so I can pray it every day, speak it every day. Well, I put it in your sermon notes, but right now I want you to put your sermon notes away because it's going to be on the screen for you and stand up with me. Would you do that? Now, everything that you're going to read, everything that you're going to read in this, in fact, this service, I'm going to do it a little bit different in that I'm going to, I'm going to read it to you. And, and with all of the people in this room that know your Bible inside and out, you know that as I read this, there is nothing theologically incorrect about this statement. In fact, it's extremely theologically correct. And the question 
that I'm gonna ask you after this is what I want you to chew on for a little while. So here's the statement. Because I've surrendered my life to Christ, I have been fully reconciled to God. My past does not define me. I am now defined as a child of the Most High God. Since I belong to him, I have received his kingdom and now have the delegated right to access and function and power, authority, and dominion. Now that is theologically perfect. I'm telling you it is. And I've been teaching you that now for weeks. How many can see, but in this 100% mass participation, how many can see that 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 statement is theologically correct? Raise your hand if you see that. According to the word of the Lord, it's, it's correct. And go ahead and leave it up there. So now, my question to you is, what you're gonna have to chew on, are you going to believe that and live that, or are you not? And I cannot, listen, I cannot operate your faith. I can only operate my faith. I don't have the ability to operate your faith, and you don't have the ability to operate my faith. So as I've taught you over and over and over again, that our response is our responsibility. My response to that statement is my responsibility. Am I going to believe it? Am, am I going to live it? Now, what we're going to do is we're going to make a declaration. I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, with that same spirit of faith, I believe and therefore speak. And we're going to speak this together. If you're ready to function in the power and the authority and the dominion of our God, let's say this together. Ready? Let's do it. Read. Because I have surrendered my life to Christ, I have been fully reconciled to God. My past does not define me. I am now defined as a child of the Most High God. And since I belong to him, I have received his kingdom and now have the delegated right to access and function in power, authority, and dominion. Can I get an amen to that, somebody? Okay. Now, I want to show you something very quickly. That Adam, in Genesis, the book of Genesis, Adam was in the garden, and God tells Adam, you have dominion over everything, the birds of the air, the animals on the earth, the fish of the sea. But Adam gave it away, right? He sinned. He handed the keys of this world to, to, to the enemy, and that day, dominion was taken from him. And, and, and Satan, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, was introduced to this world. Well, Jesus not only went around proclaiming the kingdom of God, but demonstrating the kingdom of God. And in John chapter 21, Jesus has this moment with his disciples, and it's after the cross and after the resurrection. They've been out fishing all night because they went back to their old life. They were out fishing all night, and Jesus calls them, and he says, have you caught anything? No, nope, no, nope, we haven't. He said, well, I want you to do something. I know you think you know how to fish but I want you to go out and fish again. And this time, I know you're used to fishing on one side of the boat, but now I want you to fish on the other side of the boat. And you say, what is the significance of that? What he's telling them is, 
I want you to see something. That the way that you've been operating is not the way I want you to operate. In fact, I'm going to show you the power and authority and the dominion that we have in God. So I want you to fish at the wrong time of the day, on the wrong side of the boat. And the Bible says that the net was so big that they had to pull that net to shore to get all the fish in. You know what, I, I heard a, a pastor teaching about this. He said, he said you know what, I, I want you to think about that differently. Like they were afraid that this net was going to break because of the number of fish. And that's what we all think. But to tell you the truth, th this pastor said it this way. He said, you know what's, what I believe? He said, I don't think the net was going to break because of the number of fish. He said, I think the fish were so obedient to the power and the authority of Jesus Christ that they were fighting to get inside of that net and the net was about to break. And I thought, whoo, that'll preach right there, right? That'll preach. And Jesus is saying, listen, what Adam lost has now been restored. And I have conferred it onto you. I have given you the keys of the kingdom. And that same power that you just saw is alive in you. It's alive in you. Now, are you going to... Are you going to believe like that? And are you going to act like that? Are you, going to, are you going to live it out? Let's open up our hands toward heaven. Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person in this room that they would have a spirit. I bless them with a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they could know you better. That they could not only understand the depth of your love, but they would understand the power of your promises. That they would understand your word. Lord, that you would give them a revelation when they study it, that their, your promises would come alive in their hearts and their minds, that they would walk in power and walk in authority and walk in dominion, not with pride in their hearts, but Lord, I speak over them humility to live out what you have called them to live out, to believe for what they have been called to believe for, to believe for the miraculous, Lord. I pray that you would raise up a generation that is powerful in you and the power of your might. Let us walk in the authority that we are called to live in according to your word, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we are a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that, Lord, we have been set apart for the glory of your name, that you have raised up kings and priests in this generation to make a difference in the world, not that we could receive any glory, but that all glory and all honor would go to you forever and for always. Lord, let your name be magnified in this generation. Let your name be magnified in our lives as we live the kingdom life. Lord, I bless this church my new song family. I bless them with the understanding and the faith to operate, to function in power, authority, and dominion. And I thank you, Lord that your kingdom will be expanded like never before. And Lord, we pray all together, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on the earth and in my life exactly the way it's done in heaven. 
and you get all the praise. In Jesus' name, the strong son of God, we declare it. And if you agree with that with all your heart, say a big amen. Amen, 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 amen. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Isn't that fun? Love it? Don't miss next Sunday. Remember, one invitation can change a life, everybody. God bless you guys. I love you so much. Have a great day. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.